I had a wonderful mother-in-law who is with the Lord now. A wonderful mother. And you know, when you've been in a congregation for a while, you ask yourself the question, okay, what am I going to preach on Mother's Day now? Because you cover a lot of the the texts of Scripture that deal with mothers, but I found one that deals with a mother-in-law. And that is found in Matthew chapter 8, verses 14 and 15. A mother's meeting with Jesus is the name of my, or title of my text this morning. Matthew chapter 8, just a couple verses, verses 14 and 15. When Jesus came into Peter's home, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick in a bed with a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she got up and waited on him. Let's pray. Father, these are words that you have given by the inspiration of your Spirit. Thank you for mother-in-law, mothers-in-law. Thank you for moms today. Thank you, O God, for what you do in the lives of mothers. And Father, we see this morning an example of what you did in the life of a mother. A mother who was sick. A mother whom you healed. A mother, Lord, that waited on you. A mother whose life was changed. And she wanted to serve you, Lord Jesus. And so we pray that you would open our minds and our eyes to your truth today. Uh, Sanctify us in your truth, Lord. Your word is everlasting truth. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Billy Sunday was one day making some visits at his congregation homes. And he came to a certain home and he asked to see the mother. There's a little child that opened the door. The little boy said, you cannot see mother, for she prays from nine until ten. So Billy Sunday waited for 40 minutes and out came this mother from her prayer closet And he said he understood why her face was so bright. He knew why her home was so bright. He knew why her two sons were in ministry and her daughter was a missionary. This mother had a daily meeting with Jesus. And it clearly changed her life. Peter's mother-in-law is another mother who had a meeting with Jesus, it was a meeting that changed her life as well. And I would suggest to you there are three reasons for that and for all mothers for their lives to be changed. I want you to notice, first of all, that Jesus sees the needs of a mother. Jesus sees the needs of a mother. Both Mark and Luke tell us that the events of our text took place on the Sabbath day just after the synagogue service. And so it was probably the noon hour, and Jesus was invited over to to Peter's house for a meal. And Matthew tells us in our text that when Jesus arrived there, he noticed that something wasn't right with Peter's mother-in-law. Verse 14 says, When Jesus came into Peter's home, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick in a bed, with a fever. And the fever that she had was not just your regular low-grade fever. This, this was a significant sickness. 
The word fever comes from the word for fire. And if you've ever had a significant fever, you feel like you're burning. And if you look at how Luke describes it, and you remember Luke was a physician, he says in Luke 4.38 that, that she was suffering from a high fever. And this may have even suggested, some commentators suggest, that this could have been a chronic condition because the tense of the word suffering suggests something that was ongoing. And so Peter's mother-in-law was very sick, and Jesus saw that. He noticed that. He was observed that. And maybe you're tempted to say, well, it was obvious she was sick. She was lying in bed with a fever. And I would say, yeah, that, that's probably the case. But you know, Jesus sees our need and the needs of every mother when it isn't so obvious. He sees our need when no one else sees our need, or even if no one else cares about our need. And we have some examples of that. We think of a man by the name of Zacchaeus. Remember this little short guy that climbed up the tree? He wanted to see who Jesus was. He was a tax collector. If you know anything about tax collectors, you know that nobody cared about tax collectors. They didn't like tax collectors. But here was this little guy. He climbs up in the tree in the city of Jericho. There's a huge crowd that day. And yet Jesus saw that man. Jesus Jesus noticed that man. He knew he had a need for salvation. And he invited that man to come down from the tree. He said, I want to be in your home today. And his life was changed because Jesus saw his need. Remember the woman with the hemorrhage who came up to Jesus in this large crowd of people? And she said to herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. And she did that. And Jesus knew that. And in chapter 9 of Matthew, we find this statement, verse 20. And a woman who had been suffering from a hemorrhage for 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak. For she was saying to herself, If I only touch his garment, I will get well. But Jesus, turning and seeing her, said, Daughter, take courage. Your faith has made you well. At once the woman was made well. Jesus also said that he felt power coming out from him because someone touched his garments. And the disciples said, Lord, there's a, there's a huge crowd here. Everybody's touching you, rubbing up against you. But he knew that this woman had come to faith, come to him in faith, and Jesus saw her. He was aware of her need. When I think of the role of a mother, I'm often reminded of how a mother does so many things that no one sees. Many things that no one notices. Uh, waking up in the middle of the night to feed a hungry baby. There's no one in that room saying, go, mom, go. Yes, yes, you're doing a great job. Dad's usually snoring, right? He gets up in the morning and said, oh, the baby must have slept through the night. And mom says, yeah, right. I was up three times. You were? Huh? Huh? Sick children during the night. I don't know what your home is like, but when I was sick, I didn't call for dad. Mom, Mom, no one there cheering you on and saying, Yes, Mom, go, Mom, take care of those six kids. No one sees that. But Jesus sees that. Jesus knows of all of our needs as 
whether we're moms or dads or boys or girls. And just as He saw the need of this mother here, Jesus sees your needs as a mother. How about Genesis chapter 16 when Hagar was sent away from home? Because she was supposed to be the solution to have a child for Abram and Sarah. And she has this boy and Sarah's all upset and Abram says, okay, just do what you want to her. And she's sent away and God comes to her and says, you're going to have a son too and you'll be a great nation and so forth. Remember what she said? She said, you are the God who sees me. Who sees me. So mom's God sees you. He knows your need. He cares about you. And during those times when it feels like you might be all alone, Jesus is fully aware. So Jesus sees the needs of a mother. The second lesson we learn here is that Jesus responds to the prayers for a mother. Jesus responds to the prayers for a mother. Although Jesus was certainly aware of of the need of Peter's mother-in-law, there were people in that house that day who were asking Jesus to do something about her need. Both Mark and Luke mentioned this. Mark says immediately they spoke to Jesus about her. Luke says they asked him to help her. They knew that she had a need that only Jesus could meet. And so they laid that need at the feet of Jesus. And that's really what prayer is, isn't it? Presenting our need to Jesus, bringing our need to Jesus, laying it at the feet of Jesus. And we can't say for sure, but with the way that Luke describes it, Peter's mother-in-law may not have been in a position to, to ask Jesus for help. When Luke says that she was suffering from a high fever, you get the impression that she was probably flat on her back. But she had people who prayed for her. And Jesus responded to those prayers. I find it interesting to notice how each of the Gospel writers describe what Jesus did for her. Mark says, And He came to her and raised her up, taking her by the hand, and the fever left her. Matthew says he touched her hand and the fever left her. Luke uses a word that emphasizes the power of Jesus over sickness because he says that Jesus rebuked the fever and it left her. I kind of did a little uh, study on that word rebuked. And it's used almost extensively in the New Testament to speak of rebuking people or rebuking demons. But Luke uses it in in chapter 8, verse 24, to describe how Jesus calmed the sea. Remember, He rebuked the wind and the waves. And then the word, the time he uses it uh, to, uh, excuse me, sorry about that, where he talks about rebuking the fever. There he used it to describe sickness. So Jesus has authority over demons. He has authority over 
creation. He has authority over sickness. And that is why we bring our needs to Him in prayer. So do you think mothers have needs that we should bring to Jesus? Do you think moms need prayer? If I were to ask moms here, do you think you need prayer? I think every hand would go up. Yes. So the question is, are we praying for our mothers? Kids, are you praying for your mom? I know your mom is probably praying for you, but are you praying for her? Are you bringing her needs to Jesus? Your mothers need prayer. Your fathers need prayer. And when we pray to Jesus, Jesus hears. So Jesus sees the needs of mother. Jesus responds to the prayers of a mother. And then notice, thirdly, Jesus receives the ministry of a mother. You know, the proof that Peter's mother-in-law was instantaneously and completely healed is seen in that last phrase in verse 15. Matthew tells us that she not only got up from her bed, but he says that she waited on him. In other words, her healing was so complete that she was immediately ready to serve him. And that is exactly what she did. One of the things I've noticed in studying the Gospels is that when Jesus saved someone, or when Jesus healed someone, it changed their life completely, and they were ready to serve Him. Remember the demon-possessed man in the cemetery who was cutting himself up and was in chains, and, and he would break the chains off? When Jesus healed him, the people were imploring Jesus to get out of town. But this formerly possessed, demon-possessed man was, was imploring Jesus that he might follow him. He wanted to serve him. Saul of Tarsus, remember when he was saved on the road to Damascus? He said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, I'm, I'm yours. I, I want to serve you. And so one of the signs of being transformed by Jesus is that desire to serve him. Lord, how can I use my gifts? How can I serve you? How can I minister, Lord? Sometimes mothers look at their daily activities and say, I wish I had more time to serve Jesus. (laughs) You are serving Jesus. You are. And maybe you think that changing messy diapers and wiping snotty noses isn't much of a ministry, but it's ministry. Because you're doing what God has called you to do at that stage of your life as you serve those little ones, as you care for those children that God has given you. And it is a ministry that has eternal significance. When you think of pouring your love into those little children and pouring the truth of God's Word into those little children, praying for those little children and living before them an example that leads them to Jesus, that is ministry, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. So if God gives you children, your calling is to serve Him by raising precious little ones to follow Jesus. That's what Hannah did. 
It was read this morning from 1 Samuel chapter 1. I find it interesting to notice why she prayed for children. In chapter 1, verse 11, she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. And God gave Hannah children. And we find then what she did after he was weaned. She brought little Samuel to the temple. And she said, For this boy I prayed. And the Lord has given me my petition which I asked of him. So I have also dedicated him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is dedicated to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. Someone has said that we are to give our children roots to grow, and then we give them wings to fly. With those little ones, we are in the process of giving them roots to grow, that they might be firmly planted into the truth of God's Word. And then that day, they walk down the aisle, and Mom is ushered in first and sitting there watching that, probably tears running down her face, and Dad's walking in, handing her over to that young, strapping young man, giving them wings to fly, saying, Okay, now, I send you out into the world. You are missionaries for Jesus. You are servants of of His. Roots to grow and, and wings to fly. Your calling as a mother isn't an easy calling. And you just put dads in charge of the house for a day. <laughs> and dads find out, you know what, this, is, this, isn't, this isn't very easy. <laughs> Your calling isn't an easy one. But Jesus sees your need. Jesus is faithful to answer prayer. And He will give you the strength that you need to serve Him. God bless you, mothers. God bless you mothers-to-be as God gives you a gracious gift of children. And may He give you the strength and the wisdom and the love to give those little children roots to grow and one day give them wings to fly. And God will use them in the work of His kingdom. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank You that You see our need this morning. You see our need most of all, for a Savior. And I thank You for that. I thank You, Lord, for the mothers that have recognized their need for You and have received that gift of eternal life. And I pray, Lord, that if there's any moms here today that don't know You, that they would understand their need for You and be drawn to You. Father, encourage our mothers that they are involved in a very, very important ministry. Strengthen them, Lord, to serve you, to follow you all the days of their lives. For we pray in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.